0: This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is April 28th, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio.
1: Hello, my name is Butch, and I was at uh, Hofstra... (laughs) Should I say my last name? I just assume everyone knows me as Butch. D'Ambrosio. I was a freshman in 1991 and graduated in 95, and then uh, I, I clarified this. I had a second stint at RHU from about 2008 to 2015.
0: okay, I'm sure we'll get into both of those things did you uh, do you remember any of the shows or programs that you worked on at the station?
1: Yes, I do I remember them and then um, I even you know looked up some stuff to see if I misremembered anything but um my uh, most Uh, done show of course was the morning show and that was every every weekday i did that for two years and then my other main show was soul on a roll Mm -hmm. which uh i did for two years and then came back i did it i continued it for a year as a graduate as as an alum um did you have any titles or positions at the station well i don't i didn't have any official titles and i was i was not actually a, a Com major, a com student. I was a creative writing and literature. Um, I didn't have any board positions. I was president, though, of the Hofstra Radio Theater Players, which wasn't actually an RHU thing. It was a stud- through the student government.
0: Was that right? Huh.
1: Yeah. Um, it had previously been created. A, a, uh, I actually checked with Sue because I wasn't sure. When it was started, it had been started at least uh, like two years before I got there. Um, she didn't quite recall. Um, it was an active thing. And then I really um, made it uh, more. Well, we, we turned it into just like a thing because. Originally, Sue said that they realized they could get uh, money for sound effects uh, equipment uh, uh, and CD, sound effects CDs. Uh, paid for through the uh, student government. So then I, using all of her, some of her uh, finagle knowledge, cause she's, she's, you know, it was always the whole thing where you would uh, ask for twice as much as you really want. And then, you know, they'll cut that in half and you will get what you needed. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, it worked. I had to go to the meetings though. I ha- and the other, the other reason uh, we did it, through the SGA was, um, cause they offered the Hofstra van. So I took the, uh, I don't know if it was a qualification or a insurance thing or something, but, uh, I was, uh, after the first, uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead cause we did these Rhode Island trips
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: would drive, uh, in the Hofstra van. And after the first year where, uh, I think Sue drove a little and then Steve Spencer drove us into Providence and it was hilarious because he couldn't make like a left turn or a right turn. It was, and I just remember him going, just shouting, this town is fucked. If, if Sue was driving, anyone in the back got seasick.
0: I'm sure we'll get more into that later on. This might be a strange, strange question for you, but did you have any nicknames on the air or, or personas while you were on the air?
1: Uh, no, no. Uh, in the morning show, I was Butch. And then on Soul on a Roll, I was Butch, which already is a nickname. Um, mm-hmm. And we did characters, but that's not the same thing.
0: Okay. All right. So I want to go back to the beginning with you. Uh, okay. You said you weren't you weren't a com major. Um, no. How did you find out about the radio station and what first brought you to the station?
1: Okay. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a – I'm going to just have to preface that story by – um, by, by telling a little earlier life story. Um, okay. and that is that, um, I, I was submitting the material to med magazine, like from when I was 12 and, um, that was an ongoing thing to be rejected, uh, as a grade schooler, rightly so, but oddly enough, uh, as a high school senior, I took the tour of Hofstra And I saw on a bulletin board uh, about the MAD internship program. And um, I applied and didn't tell them I wasn't a college student. And then I spent uh, most of the summer between high school and college at MAD magazine. This is the summer of 1991. I was the last intern under the legendary publisher Bill Gaines. William M. Higginbottom, Farnsworth, Gaines. Um, And when I got there, a fellow by the name of Charlie Cadu, a WVHC, WRHU alum, was one of the editors. And I said, I'm going to Hofstra. And he said, I went to Hofstra. He said, make sure you go to WRHU, which... uh, you know, I would have intended to do, and he said, "Don't let Jeff Krauss intimidate you."
0: <laughs> Easier said than done.
1: Yeah, so I finished. Uh, I finished my internship at Mad. It was. I always, I just like to point out that it was back in the days before uh, you had to do them for college credit, and they actually paid, and Bill Gaines actually hand wrote the check. And he insisted he overpaid me. So he made me come back like two days before I was in the week before I was supposed to move to Hofstra. Uh, But then he took us to dinner and it was awesome. And um, I, of course, then started the semester. And uh, I've told this before. This would be the next part is that on the second day of classes, I walked into the uh, offices downstairs in Memorial And I don't even remember getting far in the doorway um, when I met Sue. And I said I wanted to participate, be involved with the radio station. Um, What can I do? And she said, our COM 21 classes produce material for uh, airing on the morning show. Uh, Halloween is coming up would you write Halloween sketches? And so I wrote, uh, you know, 10 or 10 Halloween sketches. I think they produced five or six. And, uh, that was it. I was already in. Um, and it was, you know, I, I, as a, again, as an English major, I I had gone over to the radio station. Uh, well, for, you know, I went over to the TV station also is what I was going to say. I went to the TV station and found that there was no participation available if you weren't a TV, you know, TV major or whatever that was. And in the film department, you weren't going to be making films if you weren't a film student. Um, But at the radio station, it was uh, all hands on deck, whatever, you know. So that was the first. I did uh, all those sketches. And the classes produced them. I don't think I acted in any of those first ones. Well, oh, actually, that I sent you the uh, real, the copy of the real to real, with the mm-hmm. uh, I may have been in one of them. I just don't remember. Um, you know, I never actually listened to that CD. Um, I had acquired the the reel at some point. I mean, decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. And uh, I finally had given it to Mark Wiener one day. I was like, "Can you digitize this for me?" And then next week he hands me the disc. I'm like, "Oh great, where's the reel?" <laughs> As a, I'm a, I'm a like completist, archivist, you know, I want the original also. And he threw the reel away, and I was like, "No, what are you do? You you threw the reel away." He's like, "Yeah, you're not gonna need that anymore." Um, so every so often I would I would send Mark a text like hey, I just threw away 10 original 3.5-inch floppy disks. And he's like, good job, good job. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Halloween stuff. And that was, you know, so that would have been October. And, you know, the I jumped right in to the station's uh, audio radio theater world because by... I think it was either the end of October or the beginning of November. We went on a radio theater road trip the first time to Providence, Rhode Island for the national association of college broadcasters. Um, so I would have been a freshman with all the seniors, Rosemary, Greg, John Booty, Karen, Jean. Um, and the Omni Biltmore hotel was fantastic. We, we, I remember going up to the top and I have a habit of like sneaking around in places. And uh, we went, I went into the kitchen and found that the Rhode Island Federation of Teachers had just had their conference there and they abandoned all of their notebooks. So I took this box. I have, and between Sue and I, we still have them. We still have, uh, I know where hers are in her office and I still have like another 10, 15 that I've, you know, haven't filled up yet, but that used to be my notebook one of the you know um yeah that was the first uh the first trip to the uh providence we there was a club called club baby head we walked in on the machine you know they're still around you know yeah um i don't remember the plays that we did or anything like that but the best part of that trip that one of the best parts that i Totally remember is that I had I kept a, a Canadian a slice of Canadian bacon from breakfast, and then I uh, I rolled it out of my tongue like a Tex Avery wolf, and rose and it freaked out Rosemary like, you know, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh,
0: so, so but yeah, so are are you? part of the station yet, or are you just doing the radio theater things? Was it, were? were
1: well, what, what I, this,
0: I, like the culture, what was your entrance into like the overall station culture?
1: Well, as a freshman, I mean, I don't know that first year. I don't know. We just did radio theater. I, I would, I wrote stuff for Thanksgiving. We did Thanksgiving sketches. Um, I did. There was some Christmas one. I I actually, since you made me think about this, I I always forgot. I mean, I always remembered the Halloween sketches, but I didn't realize I have a folder full of uh, of, of other stuff, St. Patrick's radio stuff, and uh, well, Valentine's Day. So that whole first year, I wasn't on air. I don't remember being on air. That first year, but I was doing all this, this sketch and and radio theater stuff. And I mean, you know, that was a big part of the, you know, the heart of the station. Sure. Jeff, Jeff had gone out to the Midwest Radio Theater Workshop. I forget what year, like 89 or something. And maybe earlier. No, it's probably a lot earlier than that. Maybe because Sue was probably going out by then. Um, And then he would send Sue. The Midwest Radio Theater Workshop was a group uh based out of KOPN, where there was a handful of uh, people who were interested in it or making a living at audio theater or at the community radio level. And this group was founded to foster audio theater. And there'd be workshops in the beginning of the week and then a full-length live show with like three full-length plays. It was like a two-hour event with live band, And so Sue got the station to send me there in 94. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but you ask, well, I don't think I was, I don't recall, I don't recall doing a show like, you know, being on air in the station in that way. I remember doing a lot of starting to do all this audio theater stuff.
0: So going back to those, those Halloween sketches, um, do you remember any of the instructions or, or suggestions that Sue gave you or, or like how much time or did she say, just write some skits and come back?
1: Oh yeah. It was just do what you write some sketches and come back. <laughs>
0: did, did you intend them to be funny? Were they, cause, cause we know that you, you, you did a lot of comedy stuff or was it?
1: No, they were humorous going into radio at this point, And then also having the mad thing. I was very much into Nichols and May and Bob and Ray. Mm-hmm. And Bob, 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 and Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, Bob and Ray were like gods, and they were so influential, like for Franken and Davis over at SNL, and mm-hmm. you know, to name drop. Um, so, and you know that um, Sue's audio uh, sound effects mentor was Al Schaefer, who was Bob and Ray's sound guy, right? I did not know that, no. Al Schaefer would go to the station. She'd have him at classes, yeah. I met him there a couple times. Al Schaefer is the man, he was CBS uh, sound effects Foley guy. He created the sound for the film of the first atomic blast. Wow. Yeah. So he, he, he came to the station. You know, I think he would go to her classes and... I, you know, saw him, you know, met him in the office. He came to some other stuff. I mean, eventually, you know, we do we were doing years. I mean, to jump ahead, we did like Hofstra radio alumni theater players at the Museum of TV and radio one year. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. So that first year, uh, I don't think I did the classics.
0: So were you coming down to the station to, to just work on the radio theater stuff? Were you hanging out in the office? Were you making friendships outside of those radio players?
1: Um, I mean, probably. It's not like I wasn't, you know, I was, I mean, I was there. We, I mean, from that very first radio theater trip in, in Providence, we wound up doing uh, the regional one in Ramapo uh, so the players would change. I mean, the core, I guess, was, was Sue and, mm-hmm. and myself in that sense. I mean, we went back to Providence the next year, and I think, I can't remember what exactly we, I mean, I'm uh, listen, I'm sure that if I really wanted to go through all my papers, excuse me, I could put each year in order. Maybe, if, especially if I had written it. The first year, I definitely didn't write anything. The second year, maybe I wrote a sketch, but by the, the third year, I would have written a full length. Um, and the fourth year, I think it was nominated. Like, so we, I can't remember the full cast of characters who went the second year, but the third year, something that the, uh, one of the, you know, because the COM 21 classes would do audio theater productions. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I don't I didn't work on it one but there was one called God's Spies which won at the uh, National Association of College Broadcasters and uh, I went up there and accepted it as the representative. So do you know who the uh, well, you know you wouldn't why would you? The host of the evening was uh, being sponsored by Comedy Central. It was Bill Maher. Wow. So. You know, our group, we're in there, we're waiting. The the audio video for that evening was atrocious. And you're like, this is a this is a audio video festival where you know college radio production, all that sort of stuff. You'd think they'd get it right, but it was so terrible, and he was having such a hard time with it. And my favorite part was he announces that Hofstra wins and every one of the winners previously who'd gone up there, like ignored him because the presenter of the actual award was on the opposite side of the stage. So after we won and went up there, I grabbed the award. I ran across the stage at him, you know, to like shake his hand. Yeah. And then he did a start like what, you know, um, and the second best part of that evening was that, um, they were looking for him to start the second half of the show. And I was like, Oh yeah, he's down in the, the men's room. You know, he's having a smoke in the men's room. And then we all left. I start we all and then and then and then Sue led the whole group of us out. And he's like in the middle of the show and you know, he's like, Oh, we have dinner reservations. <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Did you take COM twenty one your freshman year, or was that sophomore year? Do you remember?
1: Well, here's I don't I didn't take it.
0: Oh, you never took COM twenty one.
1: Here's the thing: I remember being in COM twenty one class, like literally one class, and then uh, I don't know if I was sitting in or no, I never. I was an English major, creative writing and literature. Okay, well, I
0: I I, I guess you were more of a, a, a a teaching assistant rather than a student.
1: No, no, I just, I just participated. I mean, I wrote stuff and the class, produced it. The class is, and then it was played on the morning show. So it's like that whole first year I wrote stuff that was produced by the classes and aired on the morning show. The second year I started writing my own stuff and producing my own stuff, which was particularly a, a show called chatting. Do you remember chatting? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Now it comes back to you. Yeah. So everybody got to be on an episode of chatting. I just wish I had the rundown in front of me right now. Um, you know, Jen Murphy. There, I remember the one with Jen. She interviewed me as a character with uh, Advantibus non-Baldibus, which was a, a non, or which was a proceeding hairline. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So Steve Spencer was, I guess he was, I don't, was he the I know Sue produced the morning show for a while, like maybe she passed it off to him, but then he right. left. Right. So there was like that one year, you know, because he's like, it's all, so, you know, it's so, it's so Bob and Ray," you know. I was like, "Great!" And then I kept producing ever more and more insane and longer pieces for the morning show that second year, my second year at the station, um, to the point where. I actually, an old two-track. I had two machines playing and a CD recording to the third machine, like by myself. You know, in the middle of the night, trying to, and I can barely remember it, but like what the play was. But I was like experimenting, and I had Will Will Shelley play the my uh, my grandmother's ukulele as the uh, which was the soundtrack to chatting and.
0: Right, wow. Elvis joined us. Were you just picking this this production stuff up from working with Sue? Was there a particular like? Did you take a a wr two class to learn to become an engineer?
1: Um, no, not in not in that sense. For those sort of productions, I I'm I don't even really remember taking a class when I eventually did get on the air. I mean. Mm. I just don't remember sitting, certainly not like how they've, you know, they've been doing it. I I don't remember because I certainly started, you know, I did the classics and then, uh you know, you could fill in for jazz, but then you'd get a, I mean, I got soul on a roll, um, which I didn't actually originate. Another kid did, I mean, we all had, we had the idea yeah. and I can't remember his name. No, he was only it did Mark, it for like... Mark something? No. It wasn't Mark? No, I don't think it was Mark. But he only did it for like three months. And then, I mean, I was so into the Stax records coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Soul, Rhythm, Blues, and Blues. That uh, I just took that over. And I forget, it was 9 to 11, maybe on Tuesday.
0: Um, I thought it was 10... 10 to 11 and? at first i thought it was 10 to 11 oh, on wednesdays yeah.
1: i thought it was wednesday wasn't it
0: yeah because i was doing wednesday airwave i would come in after you i would i would i would want to keep playing blues music but it was starting airwave so we'd have to I'd have yeah to
1: yeah uh, you know what i think it was it was an hour i got an hour of rock and roll oasis and then an hour of solo on a roll and then i think i turned it into two hours of solo on a roll
0: I think that happened a little bit later later on, yeah. Yeah, later
1: on and then I I came back every week as a graduate and did it for another year until Dana took over, right? Dana did it next.
0: Oh, that sounds right. That's so that would have been what 95 into 96.
1: Yeah, right? I was one of those one of those seniors who never leaves. <laughs> Which <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say, which is also the case with the fact that I came back for a fifth year of going to the uh Providence, Rhode Island trip and the Omni Biltmore. And uh I that was an insane year. Like, we wrapped Dana up in a bed sheet and dumped her in the middle of the conference room floor and ran off. Um <laughs> I, that was a good year. I just remember going, there was a sushi restaurant we'd go to every year when we went to Providence. And I just remember like sitting back and Scott was there. Scott, you know, hotshot, Scott Breinberg. And mm-hmm. I was like, boy, this is fun and funny. And, you know, good I time. Go-
0: I want to go back to to when you first arrived at at Hofstra, and you know you had that advice from Charlie, and I guess you had a, a an idea that you were going to experiment some in film and do some TV stuff, and and did did you have something in mind that you thought was going to be your your main outlet, or was it just I'm going to try things, some things out, and you wound up being at the radio station?
1: Uh, it was writing. I mean, it was writing, right? Because I, you know, I was taking playwriting classes. I mean, right now, if I just. I haven't figured out, I never figured out how to make a living writing one act plays or sonnets, but <laughs> so writing, you know? Um, so in that case, I wanted to write for everything. I did write for nonsense for, for most of the sure. time. Sure. I did participate with them and, and, and Hofstra Inc, the comic book, which uh, was short lived, but it was a little more difficult because I'm not, I like to doodle. And I have every terrible one-panel gag I ever wrote as a ten-year-old, but I was not the artist. Although I did a watercolory thing parody of of of, um, of Citizen Kane, acted out by fish in, a, in bowls. <laughs> I did I did little headless Riding Hood in the comic book, silly stuff. But to to uh, I wasn't you know, if you jump fast forward to the burgeoning mad career as a contributor, I was a writer. I, I could only compared to the artists that were available. I could only literally write in a parenthetical, a description of the picture that goes with the line of text, you know? Right. So, uh, well, but those
0: guys are geniuses. So
1: all, yeah. Yeah. There was no, I, you know, I learned early that, uh, I should give up. The drawing part. <laughs>
0: um, I want to. I want to jump uh, forward a little bit because you, you you left the station and then you said came back and was it two thousand eight? What would cause you to come back to the station?
1: Well, I, I ha- as you know the fiftieth, as you may know, you do know the fiftieth anniversary was uh, was coming up, and and I really had this idea that we should do fifty for fifty. We should do fifty episodes with fifty alum. Uh, for the 50 weeks preceding the the 50th anniversary I mean we didn't just have the dinner do you remember we, we did a full-length production
0: yeah yeah
1: um so i was like uh let's let's do fifth let's do 50 alumni shows and i swear you know it's probably the only it's the only Machiavellian thing i've ever done i was like because i want that slot as an alum i want to do a music show and that's that's really how it worked out because we could never get 50 alums to do anything. Uh, Mark and I, you know, we tried, I think, you know, a few people may have done episodes, but we just snapped up those two hours and we did a music show. On a regular basis. Oh yeah. It was Sunday nights. I think it was, it was six to eight. And or seven to nine, like, you know, you know how that Sunday night mm-hmm. sort of thing, but it was two hours. We we did it live sometimes and then we did it to tape. And then when we got moved to 10 to 11 after the Broadway music show, uh, we always did it live to tape. But I mean, I looked and I, I was surprised because I, I, I didn't realize how long it went, but we did it until at least Cause he moved, Mark moved to Portland. So we either did it to like the middle of 2014 or or the beginning of 2015. And then it was in repeats for like a whole, like a whole year almost, but that's like 2008 to 2015. So we would be in the studio. We always recorded on Wednesdays. If we didn't do it live, we would go into the studio. uh, We'd go to the diner I'd get to the state. We'd get to the station. We would do our shows people would come in. I mean, so I, I got to be there for a lot. Um, after I was already gone.
0: When you came back to the station, did you intend to do the show with Mark or, or how did that work out that you guys were working together?
1: Oh, well, like I said, I, uh, by then, by the time I had pitched the idea, I, I, I had already become good friend, you know, friends with Mark. I, as of As a student, I didn't know Mark. Mm -hmm. I eventually came to know a lot of alums um, uh, in in subsequent years. And uh, no, I think that I knew that I was going to do a music show with Mark. I mean, you know, we called it Butch and Mark's Living Room.
0: Going back to when you first got to the station, we're going to jump back in time again. we're, We're jumping all over the place. But when yeah, you first came in in '91, it seems like you got real comfortable at the station right away. It, it seems like you started talking to Sue and said, "I'm going to do this." And yeah,
1: uh, is it fair to say that was you were comfortable I, right away? Yeah, I didn't have any. No, yeah, no, no issues of uh, uncomfortableness. I mean, I kind of, I, I, I probably jumped into protected status pretty quick.
0: how do you mean protected status?
1: I I mean that by the time I got on the morning show, when Bruce showed up, he couldn't fire me. (laughs) That's what I mean, because I had Sue and I had, um, one of the most important supporters as a listener. And that was Herman Berliner. He was a fan. If he would quote back stuff that I'd said or, that was a funny show today or so he, you know, Bruce couldn't, um, I know he tried. He would have tried. Yeah. You know, uh, he, I was kind of protected. (laughs) Would, Would it be fair to say you were trying to get fired? No, God, no, I wasn't trying, but I just, uh, I like to just, you know, we were on the morning show, man, and we're college kids. And, you know, I did it with Al Montag first. And, uh, once Al left, because of course he was the senior, uh, right. and I, I, then I did, you know, I had, there was, which you, you know, there was another kid, like, I think, I feel like Al left, like, like I did it with him for a semester and then I, I cannot remember the other kid's name, but there was somebody else between Al and, and Dave Koenig. I cannot remember his name. Um... But I, I liked to, to you know, say stuff, be silly, and I like to even now. I mean, I here, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's like Bruce came in like Chairman Mao, right? Um, just uh, did you remember having meetings in his office? Sure. And he he said, "I'm keeping a file on you," and he said, "True change is generational." And I'm sure he had known that he had to get rid of, not get rid of, because obviously we would move on on our own in time, but the the people who had been there before who couldn't, you know, it wasn't going to stay that way. Right. And it was obviously growing too, but I said, you know, he came in like, like, like the cultural revolution. He was going to eliminate the four olds, the customs, cultures, habits, ideas, you know, and to some degree the heart and soul was the radio theater, audio drama stuff. And that went by the wayside for a while, widely picked, uh, covered over by sports, you know, sports was sports was sports was sports. Um, and again, it's amazing that a college radio station, you know, doing hockey games, is they are they were no longer doing audio theater, mm-hmm. um, so you know. But I wasn't trying to get fired from the morning show at any point. We just said stuff. You know, I, I made a joke once about going off drinking with Jim Stewart, uh, Stewart one one day.
0: That's um, that's pushing that's pushing the limits there,
1: definitely. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave and I, we occasionally had arguments on air. But, you know, you remember which one do you remember?
0: <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't quote at length, but but uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't I, I was usually doing airwave, So it wasn't up often enough to hear the, the morning show. But there were definitely some tense moments driving in where, where clearly things were not necessarily you, you weren't both going in the were same you? direction.
1: Yeah. Well, it was okay.
0: I mean, oh no, it wasn't bad by any means. It's only because I knew you guys. I can, I say, I can okay. literally say
1: only, only like one time there was this I don't know what because he, I think he threatened to turn off my mic or he did. And I was like, you know, so um, we, it was like so tense. It was like, it was almost dead air. And then Scott, he went into like, we are the world. And, you know, it's like, can't we all get along? And it was just awesome. Because I, I used to I used to leave the entertainment news by saying, uh, I would throw it over to him for the news news by saying, bite me. And <laughs> there was, I don't remember exactly. It was something about a Chinese restaurant or something. And I don't know why we were so upset. I, I cannot remember the the issue, but... I I so I said chicken chow bite me. And, and like that was it. Um but Mike V and Dana still can Mike V quoted that back to me a few weeks ago. Um
0: you you and Dave are both very very funny people and you both have your ways of of sort of pushing the edge of comedy or the performance and you know from again from observation from a little bit and oftentimes it was the end of a 2 hour show there were times i could tell that you guys weren't exactly thrilled with the way the other one was going but i but, think that also added to the energy and excitement of like well what are they going to do that was always yeah. fun
1: oh cuz you know if you could break him it was hilarious i i once did the weather report on my head in the in the in the uh in the announcer booth of the of the air and i fell over into the cart rack And like he just lost it, (laughs) and that's the whole point. Yeah, it's hilarious. I I think that's. I'd rather. I would so love to turn on the radio and hear a couple of jackasses just like, just being silly. I don't know, you know, where that happens anymore.
0: Did you did you have in mind that you wanted to do the morning show for a while, or was it just sort of it? It's there, and I'm going to try it out.
1: Oh, it kind of seemed natural at that point because like I said, that first year I wrote stuff that the holiday stuff that they played on the morning show. And then the, the next year it was like, well, going to do all these sketches that they're going to play on the morning show. And then it was like, Hey, do you want to do the morning show? And, and, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a secret, but you know, the morning show got paid too.
0: That's true. That's true. It says little fringe benefit.
1: Yeah. You know, you had to be there at 7am and, I would show up at six fifty two, and, and and Dave would be there already. I, I give him that, <laughs> but I only had to rip and read entertainment news, you know.
0: Well, you were um, always you were always thinking of ideas. You were always prepping ideas. It's not like you walked in completely unprepared.
1: Oh no, no, and then I think I don't, I don't, I don't think I was ever late for air. I, and I would have stories about having the, Amalfi Planger had had attacked me on. My walk over across campus—it was an animal I made up. It was a—it was a land seahorse. It, it was a land—it was a seahorse with legs. that, that would—that uh, would jump me.
0: This happened more than once.
1: <laughs> it's possible. It's, it's very possible. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: So, yeah, it was a good time. And That's then. Cool. Yeah, I, I and then when we moved to the new building, um, Dave was on air in the studio and, and I was ran uh, was up at the tower for the sign on and then ran over. Oh, right. Um, so, I mean, the, the whole new build, you know, the new building was pretty cool. Do you remember having? Oh, you, I guess you were gone by then, weren't you?
0: No, I moved to the new building. You moved that to the new building. building. So we, had, we had chair races in the hallway yep. before the building was open. Yep. Yep. We were making uh, a hole
1: in the wall accidentally. I don't think it was me. It was a chair. Uh,
0: I do have memories <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. I do have memories of meetings afterwards as well about the hole in the wall. Oh, really? Well, well, well being station management, yes, I, I had to, I had to uh, atone. I, oh, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. So, yeah, well, these things happen.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I had to have like I somehow I would get up on the roof. I mean, I know how I'd climb the ladder and go on the roof. <laughs> Do you remember? So you were trying to get fired. No, I was. I was trying to have fun. I put a stuffed animal in the skylight, looking in. Uh, it was there for a couple of months, and then it was gone. But totally, put a stuffed animal looking down into the built into the into the, into the main rotunda. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I
0: want to go back to the very beginning and obviously you've got all this stuff, you've got all these stories, you've got these relationships. When you first got to Hofstra Radio, what did you think it would be for you in those early days and, and how did the experience match up to the expectations?
1: Uh, well, I, I didn't really know what it would be. I just knew that I wanted to, uh, to, to write and then, uh, be involved. And audio theater definitely became one of the, you know, one of the things that I did because from, from the, uh, radio theater players and whatever else I was producing, you know, like Scott and I recorded the entire, um, Big Mac scene from Pulp Fiction as our children characters. And I never edited out the curses in order to air it, but we, we did a lot of stuff. I still have the tape. I uh, And like I said, oh, I said earlier that uh, in 94, I went off to MRTW myself. And that also became a, a lifelong... Uh, relationship because I then went back, you know, in '96 and partic- You know, I did the shows there. I did the participation. Sue was president or the executive director of that organization, also, and I wound up uh, going out to Missouri. I don't know twenty times. I was on the board for ten years. I I did all the continuity. Wrote all all the continuity for. Like, you know, nine out of 10 shows, Mm -hmm. we became a festival. So I didn't know at the time that it would become uh, something that I was going to do, you know, manifestations of, you know, variations and manifestations of forever, but it worked out well. I mean, I'm, you know, there's still more to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, we we've allu- you've alluded to having more material and you're looking through things. Um, I'm working on another set of questions and let's do this again because my memory is swimming right now with with Good. little details and, and flashbacks and, and I'm having a little trouble processing all of it, honestly, but I'm oh, really yeah. enjoying it. So thank you so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me know because I'll tell you about when Kanan and I did anarchy overnight without permission? Oh God!
0: You know, am I making been, your head explode? It's been thirty years, man, and you know, I, I'm no longer in a position of authority. But you I, I can feel my ulcer starting. Why are you doing oh, this, dude? Minute?
1: We went on at eleven on yeah. a Sunday night, yeah, knowing that we had to be in the studio yeah. from seven to nine for uh-huh. the morning show. Yeah. And we just stayed on overnight. Oh, no. We didn't ask. No. We didn't tell anyone. Uh, Isn't that awesome? Uh, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, now, now that you say it, I remember. And, I, you know, like I said, there's a hole in the wall. Someone's got to sit in the management meeting with Bruce Avery and deal with these things. And I know, you know, well, we didn't do it on purpose. No, I know, <laughs> but there are repercussions for things. And maybe, maybe they fell
1: to you, and maybe they didn't. But I, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just because I and you know, I, you know, I mean, Bruce came in, and then you know, we some of you know we went away, but then I, I saw him every week, like for not, I don't know how long was I back? It's not, like, you know, we got along fine. I, you know. I mean, I'm he like, never brought that well, up.
0: I'm not saying there was any animosity. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> that, like you know, that's that's what I had to deal with. I I'm going to need a lie down here, Brooke. <laughs> I'm, I'm... Oh man, oh, you're, I don't... you're wearing me out. This is great.
1: Oh, okay, good, good. We could, you know, let's do another one soon because, uh, I, you know, I started remembering a lot of stuff.
0: Well, that that's 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 the idea, and and I'm I'm afraid of what's going to happen when you have more men. Oh, hey,
1: wait. one one of those years we went on the Providence trip, we had a group. We're walking through Providence, right? And then Bill Kaplan and I, we spot there were these these two girls locked out of an Oldsmobile Cutlass, and 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 uh, I'm an Oldsmobile person, and and he's Bill. So we walked up to them, and we broke into their car for them, and. They piled us all in like 10 of us, including Lee Howard, Howard Levy, the medical memo man. And, and then I don't know where we went. They drove us around. They, you know, we all hung out. They came back to the way it's like the Providence trips were fun. Um, You know, you just break into people's cars. You leave Dana in the conference room wrapped in a sheet, like a mummy. It's just what happens. I mean, we could talk about what we learned too, if you want.
0: That that sounds too educational. I think I think let's keep it to, to petty vandalism and <laughs> and acts of random violence, and let's just and keep theft. it to that
1: and theft. Yeah. Because I also had a habit like we we had a lot of stuff. We were always the notebook. well, the notebooks weren't. Th- what well, that wasn't thievery. Those were being thrown out. Uh, but like a roll a roll <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> a hospital rolling cart. You know, because we needed to, to roll things around and it just came back with us. That's all. I'm not proud of that one.
0: People are going to hear this, Butch. I don't know what the statute of limitations is. The statute, statute of
1: limit. I'll, I'll stop now.
0: Butch, you're a riot. I thank you so much for doing this. I don't I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I need a nap.
1: Thank you. I, I hope you're not too exhausted. Uh, thanks for pursuing me for so long. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds weird too, doesn't it?